1: Welcome, everyone. It's so great having you here today. You are listening to In China with Michelle Zhou, and I'm your host, Michelle. I'm the founder and CEO of Pacific Technologies Consulting Group. We help American and Chinese organizations learn from each other, bridge their needs, and grow their businesses internationally. You can contact me at our company website, ptcgconsulting.com. Make sure to click on the links in my show link or email me at michelle.com. Z-O-U at ptcgconsulting.com. And as always, I welcome you connect me on LinkedIn. Today we have Dr. Austin Huang on the show together with me. Mr. Huang is the founder of Marriage Engineering Inc., which is based in Washington state, started from 1992. And he is also a fellow of American Society of Civil Engineers we're going to talk about China's toilet revolution and environmental water resource sustainability. Yeah, it's a fun name, China's toilet revolution. So welcome to the show, Austin. Thank you. Let's start with your introduction. I mentioned that you are the founder of a company that started in 1992. The company is called Merit Engineering Inc. in the Seattle area. And you are also the fellow of this very prestigious society association it's called the uh, American Society of Civil Engineers. I think uh, based uh, on our chatting before, there's a lot of uh, establishment you had through your career life. And give us a little bit of deeper understanding of who you are, what you have done <laughs> these
2: days. Oh, okay. Glad to be here with your followers and talk about uh, China's toilet uh, revolution <laughs> with uh, water resources, environmental sustainability. As you introduced, I'm a fellow with American Society of Civil Engineering and I'm also diplomate of a uh, geotechnical engineer with uh, Academy of Geo Professional, which also is a very prestigious kind of a recognition as national level expert in geotechnical and the geoengineering field. Uh, socially I'm also a member of uh, Rotary Club of International, which is uh, a group of uh, peoples who are willing to donate and volunteer at community services i also have some other social obligations uh, like uh, chair of uh, pacific northwest cultural exchange council which we do cultural exchange and also economics cultural
1: exchange mm-hmm. yes
2: we bring china's artists musicians uh, and also some economic people's uh, to the United States and introduce U.S. talent, musicians, artists, and economic leaders to China. So I'm pretty busy on these things, but I'm very glad to have opportunities to talk about China's toilet revolution.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think this title of this show, the toilet revolution, might get people's attention and I'm curious about what do we mean the China's toilet revolution. Why do we pick such a title? So let's start by introducing what is China's toilet revolution and why it is important. Maybe I can start with some information that is publicly available that you can search online to find that if you. China's toilet revolution you would find something that has come from the China's president Xi Jinping. In 2017 he mentioned that China should continue to upgrade the country's toilets as part of its toilet revolution. And it's aimed at developing domestic uh, tourism and improving people's quality of life. So let's maybe dig into it and really help our audience understand uh, what this means. Let's say, what's the current situation of China's uh, toilets? When well, we talk about this, mm. right?
2: In today's topic, I will discuss about why it's so important. It's so fundamental. And also, it's related to the China's water resources protections and also the China's land development practice, which can avoid many mistakes and damages to the ecosystem, and the revolutions in toilet will trigger all these things change from bad to good. And so, therefore, I think it's very important, and I really appreciate President Xi can even think about this and. Uh, this topic. Let's start from a few examples. Uh, for instance, in a few years back, many of us have a similar experience. We took our kids back a friend to China. Mm-hmm. And most time, uh, you cannot get away from you need to use a restroom or toilet. Of
1: course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, but most time, you cannot get away from uh, at least a three-star hotel. Because otherwise you know would be very embarrassed to go to the toilet because there's a joke, we joke ourselves, you just uh, smell so you can find where (laughs) is the toilet.
1: Exactly. Yeah, so our kids
2: always say, we love China, we love the food. And uh, What can we talk about? We ask, so what do you like in China most? They say, we like China's food the most. What you don't like is the toilet. And so, what do you like American the best? See, uh, the toilet. <laughs> but so, see, now we're joking, so why don't you go to China to eat and then come back to America <laughs> to go to the toilet?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, toilets, uh, yeah, we can paint a picture mm. for our audience who haven't been to China experienced that. So, <laughs> mm. it's true in China, in the public toilets, a lot of times, uh, even in cities, mm. this probably still have some smells right you can still smell it in big cities it's much better these days It has water, to oh yeah, flush there's tremendous, things. Changes. right, yeah, it has water to flush things away now, right, right. and well, they may not have free toilet paper. That's one thing very embarrassing. every time <laughs> I go there, I forget to bring my own paper and <laughs> look for paper. that's one small part. the paper people use if well, that also connects to the differences between China's toilets and here in the American. So since I talked about the toilet paper here, the paper in China people use when they go out to public places, they bring those uh, tissues. Hmm. It's uh, more like napkins, oh, okay. right? Okay, and then that napkins, it's better to go to the basket, waste mm. basket right, nearby, yeah, yeah. versus dumping to the toilet, because right. those things <laughs> are not easy to resolve in right, water, yeah. and then it will cause the plumbing problem. Right. Yeah, that's one part just for our audience. If you go to China, bring a small pack of napkin paper <laughs> with you, tissue with you mm-hmm. all the time. And because it's very, at least for today's China, you won't be able to find toilet paper in public toilets. Okay, let's go back to the smelly toilets <laughs> and the problem. So we just mentioned in big cities now, they do have the water flush the waste away. Yeah. Then in smaller places, <clears throat> it may not be uh, that convenient.
2: Yeah, the revolution in toilets uh, in China, which uh, my understanding is uh, mainly, mm. I think, uh, targeted at outside major city. Mm. Which uh, in the big city, uh, they all have, uh, like our city, region. City means that you have a public uh, common water treatment system. So you have a sewer and also you have water line so the people can just build up, a building the hookup to the city system so that's what I call incorporated so we call city which is pretty much similar to the US I think internationally or similar so that's what it means city mm-hmm. if you don't have a city you don't have those public system then therefore you become an unincorporated area in the US So but in China I call it
1: uh,
2: countryside mm-hmm. and so in those areas you don't have uh, any public water I means I mean, uh, like uh, water system lines go through every home and uh, you don't have a sewer public sewer so that's the city and unincorporated area the difference and uh, also city and uh, countryside but in United States from uh, sanitation point of view, basically, there isn't any difference. Rather than in the city, it is going to the sewer, the wastewater, but the unincorporated area, mm-hmm. or in farm, for instance, the sewer is going into their own independent system. Then this independent system going into infiltrated into the ground. So therefore, the water is recycled, but not only infiltrated into the ground is a through a kind of an engineering designed system so the water can be treated through the infiltrations. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, when the water getting into contact with one water, then the water already reaches certain national standard for clean water. So the water will not contaminate groundwater, water. And also, on the other hand, which is important, if you think about it, each one family is not much water, but if you have a whole countries mm-hmm. a tremendous amount of water and if everybody intercepted this water not reinfiltrate back into the ground and therefore you're causing sustainability problem on the groundwater resource protections. So you're going to lose water because the ecosystem there's a balance mm-hmm. and once you do not have adequate water recharge back to the groundwater aquifer then therefore you gradually you're going to lose your water conservation then they're going to have a drought problem like a river get dry up mm-hmm. and also the ground get dry up then you after getting serious then you have, if you don't have raining of water in the one week, you get a dry drought. But once you get a one day raining, then you get erosion, swamp water everywhere. So that's the ecosystem get breaking up, causing this eco-damage and environmental problem. Mm-hmm. And that's what exactly this toilet revolution is a fundamental element, basic element to all these uh, environmental protections
1: mm so from what you interpreted uh, the China's direction or the the president uh, Xi's meaning about uh, China's uh, toilet uh, revolution you see this uh, overall it's a bigger picture other than just the to toilet itself become smellless become clean and maybe from all this uh, squatting <laughs> <laughs> kind of uh, where's the you know the things that you can sit on oh, yeah. and and it's not just the hardware part that the people can see on the surface. You are talking it's the deep side of recycling, cleaning, treatment of water quality and then how it is integrated to the overall environment and the overall ecosystem.
2: Right, uh, because uh, uh, as a President presidency mentioned, uh, the toilet revolution is uh, aiming at uh, promoting domestic uh, tourism to the side area and also improve people's life standard which is only the result of these revolutions Uh, because when you can see okay uh, from uh, old uh, pet revolution to a new water flush toilet system just like in the city of course you have a comfortable life however how you treat these waters which you will have a tremendous uh, totally opposite different result because if this water would be treated as correctly then you is not only establish a foundation for the water protections and the water revolutions uh, you know the circling the ecosystem you also provide as an end result a beautiful life standard. But if it's not doing correctly, you can have a improved life and living standard for a while. But after maybe a few years, then you smell everywhere. <laughs> because Then this concentrated wastewater may contaminate rivers, creeks, and water bodies. And therefore, you're causing more environmental issues. So therefore, I think it's important to interpret this uh, toilet revolutions in more of uh, how to treat these waters and rather than in addition to improve uh, making a new water flash toilet.
1: Mm. Okay, we will talk, you know, dig into this how part, how should we treat this water in China through this water revolution, right, and through technologies, through engineering. Let's take a quick break uh, at this moment, and we'll be back right away.
0: You are listening to In China with Michelle Zhou. To call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at ptcgconsulting.com. Now, back to this week's program.
1: All right, well back. So before the break, we talked about uh, what is China's toilet revolution and uh, Austin you explain your interpretation of uh, President Xi's toilet revolution calling, and you helped us understand that uh, the toilet revolution is connected to the environmental protection and especially the water resource sustainability. Now let's take a look uh, one step back on what's the current situation in China in terms of the the toilets. I think uh, you mentioned uh, in big cities, it's all the same, right? Uh, Like uh, it's very connected to the development developed countries uh, like U.S., we have the system there. Then the problem is more like in the countryside. So can you help us understand how does it look like today in China's countryside that the toilet system <laughs> look like today?
2: Yeah, in the countryside and also like tourist areas and some other small towns, which is not called city. So wastewater treatment is actually pretty new to China, to many cities, not a few bigger cities like Beijing, Shanghai, the old time they already have, but many new cities. So countryside, like in the current standard, I think the countryside, like every farmer's home, I think especially like northern China, i very familiar with. They just dig a pit, a small hole. On the ground? On the ground. Then they put the two pieces of uh, wood board so people can sit on it. Uh, you know, stand on it, what do we call the okay. uh-huh, dun Squat. Yeah, squat. Then they build a small shed, you know, so can protect from privacy. privacy and from raining, you know, uh-huh. sunshine, and whatever. So that's the current most people are using families. And then the country farmers they use the waste as a fertilizer mm. uh, to nursery vegetables uh, and plants. Okay, so that's what it. The problem right now are facing a more and more serious is because uh, the countryside. Just attended China Academy of Research in Beijing last month. Actually, I was there. I've uh, been invited to give a topic talking about the American wastewater treatment system safety system. And uh, there we had a great discussions about this. There's a group of uh, people. So one people, uh, four people from Hunan Province. Uh, in uh, Zhangjiajie, uh, that famous tourist area. Very famous, yeah. yeah. very famous. Beautiful scenery. And, yeah, <laughs> they introduced just near that tourist uh, hotspot, then there's a minority group there, people living there. The problem is uh, they are not using pit, but they use a big uh, containers for the toilet. Uh-huh. and uh, But again, the farmers use uh, the waste to nursery plants. Mm-hmm. That's old time, and people still are using. But the problem is uh, comes because some people went outside to major cities doing some work there. So they made money. Mm-hmm. So they come back to the village. They build new, you know, the luxurious uh, house.
1: Okay, so, so they upgraded their house right. from the traditional, those kind right. of things. Problem comes
2: because when they build this new home, They no longer satisfied with old toilet, Uh. so they learn with uh, where they worked. So with the new water flush, the toilet. Okay, So but that's fine. But where when the toilet flashes, where the waste goes? Mm. That's the problem.
1: They don't go to their old container. <laughs>
2: the old times is going to a container, right? right? So big container. so there's no spray, no contaminant to surrounding ground. Mm-hmm. But now the flashing with water flows everywhere. So the easiest way is, is flowing into a water body into a creek and mm. through the creek into lake. So right now they already got a big problem because the, the lake has been contaminated because these new homes have water flush toilets but they don't have wastewater treatment and this water directly flows into the water so contaminating the, the villagers uh, drinking water resource. Oh. So you see this problem it is a revolution to help people living in a good standard. But if you don't treat this water correctly, then pretty soon you end up into the worst environmental conditions. And your drinking water is threatening, no longer being able to be used. And also other problems, as more and more people's making new living standards. So that's what I said. This... uh, Toilet revolution is good. The reason for that is uh, we need to treat this water. And once we got this water treated, later on we will talk about it. it's related to it's a foundation for the bigger pictures, the rain storm water treatment system. Mm. It's mm. all connected.
1: Mm. Well, I have a question. So in the US, when we build a house, there's some sort of regulation or permit, right? And there's a very clear standards of, you know, how the house, all these basic system requirements is there. And in China, in the countryside, when people build a house, as you mentioned, those people work in the cities and then they earn money. They return to their hometown, the village, and they want to upgrade their houses, which is very common in China. And uh, do they have such kind of policy permission they need to obtain in order to do that?
2: I'm not aware of, I know some, like uh, Zhejiang, some places, they do have some standard. But I think uh, overall, there probably, if I'm right, is uh, not a national standard being set up. Because uh, before, there isn't such a need or problem. And uh, I think uh, right now it is uh, just becomes a problem. So, so it's a
1: new phenomenon in China. New phenomenon. Yeah, right. these years. Yeah. And so even people... You know, when they build their house, maybe there's, a, I don't know if there's some permission of building a house, but the water treatment, uh, sewer system, and mm-hmm. some other stuff maybe is not really being considered as part of uh, all these uh, requirements. Yeah, like the older
2: system, you just dig a pit and then, or use big containers. So, really, aren't any requirements for the remote countryside. But now, as a revolution toilet, using water flies toilet. And this will be and becoming already becoming a problem. So therefore it is very important. Uh, but let's just say how American is doing here. Yeah. Okay. American my understanding is uh, required since 1960s, building permit process. We are talking about an outside city in the unincorporated area. There isn't a public water sewer, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, the first requirement is when you apply for a building permit, the first requirement is you need to have a water certificate. A water certificate. Right. Uh-huh. Means means uh, you have water. That's the first requirement. If you don't have water, then there's nothing to go any further for building permit application <laughs> so first you have to prove you have water either someone willing to share water to you or you can drill your own water well, well. Uh-huh. and so if you do water well you need a so you have water production and also all the uh, analysis uh, a laboratory test result okay. for drinking water standard, meeting the standard. So after you saw all these things, so it's enough for your family, then the you can go to the next step. That's the water. Then next step is the sewer. So oh, if you don't have water, sewer, then, sewer. Right, uh-huh. then you need a, to build a septic, what we call this or official name, is the on-site wastewater treatment system. Uh-huh. And so basically, uh, in the America, the system is a wall, all called septic uh, drain field or on-site wastewater treatment. means uh, the wastewater produced from your home will be distributed through a, an engineered system into the ground. Into the ground, then this ground, then there's a soil requirement can infiltrate into the ground through this process then the water will be treated to a drinking water standard or the standard which will satisfy the national requirement for water release then you can uh, after this being approved then you can apply for other building permit so there are procedures required so in other words you need a drinking water first the wastewater treatment then you have building permit. Otherwise, you don't need to talk about building permit.
1: Uh So
2: all these have a chain of uh, requirements. You need to satisfy before you can build a home. Mm. And therefore, after all these things, so so in American, I saw statistics, it's uh, more than 20%. I think I saw one time like... uh, even higher standard, more uh, amount. So is in this type of on
1: wastewater treatment system. So you are saying, currently in the U.S., the houses that we have, maybe like more than twenty percent have 20%. this type of uh, yeah, onsite on this wastewater treatment, and the others are in the you know cities right. sewer system. Right. so go with that. Uh-huh. Right. Mm. So, it sounds like in China, this kind of a regulation or requirements is not established yet.
2: Not yet, mm-hmm. not yet.
1: Mm. So, if there's any type of waste treatment in the countryside in China that you have seen, how does it look like today? The China very unique waste?
2: Uh, actually, I think I know a couple of systems. Uh, one is uh, in, I believe, the Zhejiang province. Their countryside, uh, I think, uh, saw their provincial standard, like uh, the for guidance for the countryside. They use uh, three chambers, uh, what we call a septic uh, tank uh, system. Uh, so, but after that, uh, then I don't know what the requirement they think uh, that should be adequate. So, for
1: that one, looks like uh, the tank will. Collect all the waste together, mm, mm. the human generated waste right, together. Yeah. But you don't know how they treat that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but basically,
2: septic tank is a common component. In the U.S., the wastewater comes out also goes to first goes into the septic uh-huh. tank. Uh, tank, but in the U.S. is two chambers. So first, like a uh, Mars settlement for the solid, and then the flows the liquid into the next chamber. So after next chamber, and here, because we designed we know it, it's going into a pump chamber. So then they use a pump to distribute evenly by pressurized uh, the wastewater into the ground. And, but it's not natural ground, it's a, a system which engineer designed, and then they build accordingly so the water can be treated through that system. Then from there going into the real ground, that is through the soils, join the groundwater tables. That's how it's been handled here in the U.S. But in China, I thought that they use a three chambers a septic tank, which is a, from the number wise a similar to like a two chambers, but third chamber in U.S. is a pump, but there is a third chamber. But here there's one procedure compared to the U.S. Michigan is Here in the U.S., after search chambers, going into a treatment system with a soil design system. Uh, but in China, after that, there's no requirement uh, just uh, going into the water body, which, uh, based on what we know here, is, uh, may not be very well working because there are some residuals contaminants
1: mm. still
2: cannot be treated until going through a soil or some other system. and uh, But in the other system, I, I learned, you know, for instance, I just went to Yan'an, <laughs> Liang so that's what I saw, <laughs> There's, uh, Xi Jinping's there, when he was there, they built what they call a methane ecosystem. Basically, it's collecting human waste with all the waste waters together and composed to a certain temperature of certain chemical reacts it becomes generating a methane gas then, then they can pump use that gas to, like, uh, burn uh, the cooking. And uh, I think China done something like that, those research, I recall, in the 60s or 70s, which uh, I saw some report also in the U.S. also. They use, like, animal waste, for instance, like uh, farmers for cows, and they use that. But the problem, my thought, uh, unable to be continued spread to many applications. I think it's... uh, The problem is the amount of waste is hard to control and uh, (laughs) also it's pretty uh, sometimes methane is very dangerous Uh because some uh, in the u.s uh, my consulting business uh, i know it because some uh, uh, landfill you know they generating similar uh, methanes and so they have to be kept very carefully then they have to burn it otherwise uh, we will build up pressure it will be uh, harmful to humans sometimes threatening life so it's a very dangerous also so I think that's probably why it cannot be widely promoted for that system
1: mm. well Okay, I think it's time for another quick break. And we will come back really digging into what China can learn from other countries with very developed, uh, sophisticated systems to help China build their better toilet systems.
0: China is now the second largest economy in the world. There are hundreds of opportunities for worldwide business professionals to start looking in China. From business leaders to manufacturers to artists and students, you need to discover these opportunities to grow your business and your career. Listen every week for In China with Michelle Zhou, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. For business sake, you need to tune in. You are listening to In China with Michelle Zhou. To call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at ptcgconsulting.com. Now, back to this week's program.
1: Okay, we're back from the break. Before the break, we talked about the problem. And uh, we exempt uh, the current problem existed in China's more like a rural or countryside uh, toilet uh, issues. But I am a very optimistic person. When I see the problem, I know there is opportunities, right? So we turn us to the other side. There are opportunities for experts like you, uh, Dr. Huang, with uh, all this uh, knowledge and experience of uh, in the geotechnical engineering side and with all this uh, proven work you have done uh, before. So what would you suggest or what's your ideas of how in China we can prevent further issues or further impact through this toilet problems
2: I can say is uh, through my working experience and practice as a civil engineer in the US here I think uh, there's a uh, great opportunities in China's at this uh, historical point I think to make a certain kind of uh, from a government side requirement so therefore give uh, the other peoples in the countryside or uh, engineers, Villagers, or whoever, to uh, guidance how they design their new homes or new system. So therefore, incorporating the groundwater issues and also environmental issues. So what I see in practice in the U.S., I think the most important, this water get treated and to level, which is will not contaminate groundwater. And which is uh, most important because uh, water reasoning. I think there are two big reasons why in the US they ask this water being infiltrated or cycling into the ground. There's one issue, of course, sustainability for groundwater. So many families, 20% people using water. If they, all this water being intercepted, not back into the ground, and uh, plus other infrastructure like a road, roofs, Parkings, you know, all these uh, impermeable surfaces, so the groundwater will be damaged because uh, shortage after a while, and so that's the one big uh, concern. To ask for this infiltration. Then the other ask infiltration is because these waters, if you directly uh, release to the ground, it will flow follow the contours to the low point, which will quickly in contact with groundwater, mm-hmm. and therefore get a higher chances to contaminate the water body. So therefore, mm-hmm. importance is to keep this wastewater, not let directly uh, flow on the ground, rather is have them be treated through the soils, infiltrations into the ground. I think that's a very important.
1: Mm, so what I heard from you is, well, the government should have clear guidance and requirements built into their, no matter if we call it a permit yeah. or what, right? Yeah. So they should have that. Then they also should have uh, knowledge or experience or the kind of uh, help. So China knows how to design such kind of system. Then they can implement to really prevent these problems uh, uh, in the future. Okay, that's great. And I believe your expertise and uh, you know the experience the practice you have would be able to contribute to this change in the future? <laughs> yeah, sure. I talked to China's
2: uh, people doing similar in the Central Academy okay, about this. They are making, actually they are trying to establish national standard at this point. And they are doing a lot of research work already. And they compared like uh, Japanese systems, U.S. system, other country systems. And, uh, but after all, I think we all agreed, U.S. and China, the area geographically and also population-wise is very, we say in this point of view is closer compared to other nations. So therefore, the U.S. system is a very comparable. Even though, for instance, like we just talked about the ecosystem mass generator, mm-hmm. but it's, my opinion, is not very reliable because you need a certain amount and also a sustainable amount, but right now, I think for small villagers, which is pretty hard to control. Mm. So in this point of view, we'd rather to use some system. We assume everything is in the conservative side. But rather, as an engineer, we always design that. We, you cannot assume uh, optimistic, say, oh yeah, this many people will generate a certain amount of waste. But that's uh, absurd, you know. It's uh, not reliable. So reliable ways, we assume we don't know. Therefore, what's uh, you know, worst case, the worst case we can treat? But in our worst case, we can we know the US system it's pretty much uh, is working. And uh, in the U- US, because I'm an engineer, I know there's a lot of advanced systems these days. But the problem is uh, you need those advanced systems. Then you need to have advanced technical, we call oh. the soft side. For instance, we talk about in China, we talk about the people on the conference, they introduced say we set up a system for mm-hmm. the villagers in China. This is examples, And they have all the electrical panels because need us operating the pump and everything. Mm-hmm. But when you were there, you testing, everything is fine. But what happened? Next time when you come, you see nothing happened. The villagers, when you left, They shut off the power Why? Why? Because if they don't pay That's fine You ask them to pay water for, For the power As long as you left They turn it off Because they think It's a waste of electricity And Or they have to pay for it So You see the problem That's why I have a strong opinion I think it's the best For the country You know For my home country is to use some simplest system at the beginning mm-hmm. and also because you need a advanced system like those use power you know here we have like a dosage how many pounds a day and when the pump will start you can automatically but who maintain it you know mm. so you have all these issues and you need to concern it you need to consider before you do it so at first I think you need a set up very basic fundamental system, mm. gravity system. You don't need a pump, you don't need anything, and which may not be very advanced, maybe sixty technology in the U.S. Uh-huh. But at the beginning, I think that's very good. And first of all, you have a nice system, and you hope at least there's fifty percent working correctly. Some mm-hmm. others doesn't work, you know. Still compared to you have nothing, it's great leap forward. One mm. big step. The most important is you changing people's mind. When you have next generation after 20 years, a 10 years even after you have so many concentrations, educations, teaching people how to protect. Others, then you can gradually switching to more advanced systems. On the other hand, you also need a technology people like here in the U.S. Right. You know, for instance, we apply permit. But government, you need also have similar technology people mm. knowing what you are doing so they can check your work, make sure you do it right. Yeah, it's so a they whole chain it. So there's like a whole it. chain of a system. Right. So that's what I'm saying is a, need a tremendous amount. And the plus, as I said uh, at the beginning of this program, this system is uh, ultimately a foundation for a national stormwater treatment system, which is related to the bigger city development, land development oh, system. Tell
1: us more about that, the bigger city land development the storm system how it's connected right
2: here. so if you learn these days uh, China talk about a lot last year's uh, like Hai uh, Bian sponge city system the water being stored like a sponge in the ground which is basically rest right through the city the China's sponge city standard basically it's try to as an aftermath to resolve the inner city water flooding problem so you know because they build the phenomena like this you build big city so you starting to distribute impermeable surface to the ground okay mm. you build a house the roof is impermeable you build a, as asphalt concrete road is impermeable parking lot is impermeable mm. plus many other squares like a square yeah all the other squares you know all right. impermeable So when you consider this, it's a big city, all impermeable. So where the water goes when
1: the rain comes. So you
2: don't have water going into the ground. Therefore, your water, groundwater resource is getting lower, deeper and deeper. On the other hand, because you have so many impermeable surfaces and when the rain comes and in the old time, it travels through vegetations, uh, all the you know the observing the ground and take a long time maybe one storm say from point a to point b might take two hours but right now within 10 minutes we'll be reaching all the same spot therefore it cause inner city flood uh, flood so yeah. you see the people getting even killed because in a small bridge under the bridge right. Because the water so suddenly got so big water So the spongy city idea is try to after mass resolve this problem so they say, okay, we build some resources to store this stormwater. water. Then we can use this. I saw their brochures, pretty much a similar idea like the U.S. we did here. They use that water, say, okay, rain garden and irrigation change, whatever. But the idea here, I said, is an important the concept is in the U.S. here, we do have a similar system like what they call sponges because we build what we call a vault, Mm -hmm. like a big tank under the ground, under parking lot, under the building, sometimes under the road Uh and store this water. But we store this water here in the U.S. It's not for watering garden. It's rather is a temporary storage because you have all this disturbed area and before it's all infiltrable ground. Right now, you're intercepted this water. This water cannot go anymore. Uh-huh. Therefore, the requirement is to you temporarily store this amount of water. Then after the storm, then you're using the engineer technologies to infiltrate this water back in the loop. So therefore, if you look at it in the big picture, say let's look at it 20 square miles, uh-huh. it's a balanced system. The water uh-huh. would down you still go back the same amount as we human being not occupy but if you look at small area like just in your building side you totally hundred percent you lost your water uh-huh. so that's what we so here in this American civil engineer no longer as the traditional anymore it's already revolutionized and so more time, more effort is doing engineering to these waters back in the to mm. so maintain the sustainability. Mm. So as that technology is connected to that on-site wastewater treatment, in terms of it is, uh, they are using fundamentally the same idea, the same technology. And the key is, because we are doing the engineer here, we know it's very difficult to find area that's uh, infiltratable to the soil. So therefore, this comes to the chin of act as when you're doing your planning. If just that little area is infiltratable to the water and then you build a road on it, so you damage the entire area. Uh-huh. And so that's why I am calling us to, in the land development strategic planning process, need to add a process of checking the geological conditions and groundwater conditions because you need avoid development in the area that is groundwater recharge and recharge area and infrastructure soils area you need to avoid building anything on that and leaving those area for you build a wetland or anything but the wetland only in the area that is connected to groundwater is usable otherwise it's just the waste it's just the demo doesn't do anything to the ecosystem. So it's not just everywhere you can put a wetland or where you can put a water body, then you call, you build a green. That's not
1: mm-hmm. right. That's wrong. Mm. And how is that connected to the sponge city in China? I-
2: the sponge city idea, as I said, in the U.S., we have a first idea is we need to treat this waters, We store this water. In the US, we store this water. And this stored water is a similar idea like a sponge city. Okay. Sponge city is called storm water. But the purpose are different. Here, stored water, the ultimate goal is to let the water go back to the, the ground. Redistribute back. Redistribute the back, make maintain in that region the storm water balance. Yeah. And the sponge city talk about it, just store this water because try to resolve the inner city flooding. Oh, uh, so that's, that's the, the next step. Yeah, not the next step. And just this little difference make a huge difference because your goal is different. Uh-huh. And so if you have a goal to try to balance the water, totally your engineering process is different.
1: Oh, I see. Wow, well, that's a much bigger picture to look at if we, we I mean, the, the U.S. efforts, thinking about uh, redistribute the water back to the ground and uh, maintain its natural balance. Uh, it's and, a and huge, the, yeah, bigger and picture and effort versus just storing right, the water yeah. in order to treat the flooding Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and uh,
2: conceptually, uh-huh. it's uh, important also because... Uh, China is dealing with uh, Uman, Yeah, the uh, smog. The smog problem.
1: Yeah, the air pollution. And
2: the air pollution. But I think it's uh, all eco-connected because uh, your ecosystem being broken somewhere. Uh, the water cannot be uh, circulating. So therefore, you're creating more of an area of droughtness and without moisture. And so therefore, your smog cannot land. And so therefore, I think that ultimately you need to get all this ecosystem resolved before the smog problem can be resolved. Because unless you totally stop all the products, <laughs> but that's not possible, you know, because human people need living and they need making money, make life, so therefore you do need to continue production. Therefore, you just smog, some kind of a resource still generating. But the problem is that the ecosystem be broken. And so they cannot land, and that's why they floating on the in the air. So,
1: mm. Wow, that's really big environmental issues, and all these pieces should be connected: the water, the air, then the human-made systems, and <laughs> all this city development.
2: Yeah, yeah but uh, as I said, you know, in the past, China is mainly concentrated on in the big area of the city. Yeah, but right now because the development is going to spread out into all the country area so therefore it's more critical than much bigger more critical than before and mm-hmm. I think it need to train a lot of people to understanding these ecosystems and this water protections infiltrations. and because just like I said the government need people to understand it And so therefore, you know what to look for. For instance, people apply a new system, environmental protection agency, need to know what is the key need to be considered.
1: Yeah, so I do see there's a big problem there, but it's also great opportunities for experts like you that can go to China and help to solve this problem in the future. Really, really hope to hear more on the, you know, how this evolves and with China's toilet revolution as a starting point and thinking about the bigger picture, the longer term environmental protection as well as the overall ecosystem sustainability in the future. I hope someday you will come back to the show and give us an update on the progress. Sure. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, thanks so much. I also want to thank our audience uh, for being here with us and listening to us. And today we have talked about China's toilet revolution and the environmental water resource sustainability. I want to really send a special thank you to our wonderful guest, Dr. Austin Huang. I certainly learned a lot from you today. (laughs) Thank you. you. Uh, And you can find more about Dr. Austin Huang, From his LinkedIn, his name is A-U-S-T-I-N, and last name is H-U-A-N-G. You are listening to In China with Michelle Zhou. I look forward to talk to you again next week.
0: Thank you for tuning into In China with Michelle Zhou. Please join us for another edition next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk again next week.